Welcome to the Sages Among Us. What makes a community great? Most importantly, it's the people who live and work there and are engaged in community life. The Sages Among Us focuses on those people, what they do and why they do it, and celebrates the leadership, time, and energy they bring to making a positive difference for all of us. Welcome to tonight's installment of The Sages Among Us, everyone. I'm your host, Brian Buckley, and we're about to get the personal story of a citizen leader who's deeply engaged in making our community a better place. My guest tonight is Robert Metcalf, the drama teacher at Nevada Union High School and the Nevada County Teacher of the Year in 2019. Rob has been a teacher for 24 years and has written the following regarding his approach to education. Good teaching is rooted in building authentic and meaningful relationships with students, accepting and honoring them for who they are at this moment in their lives, while holding a safe space for the development of who they choose to become. Rob, welcome to the Sages Among Us. Thank you, Brian. Well, my pleasure. Uh, you know, those were wise words from a veteran teacher. Tell us more about how you decided to become a teacher in the first place. Well, I just kind of fell into it by, by chance, I think, really reflecting back. Um, I was fresh out of college. I had my theater degree, and I was working in a professional theater as a stage manager and part-time director, and a children's troupe came through to use the space, and I have the privilege to stage manage for them. And I remember sitting at the back in the booth and seeing the first curtain call when those kids came out to thunderous applause from their friends and family and the applause died down and all of a sudden I was just filled with this wonder looking at the eyes of the kids they were riding on such a wave at that moment they were filled mm -hmm. with with pride in their work and joy at, at getting through the scary performance um, it looked like they were having an ex like almost a spiritual experience and, and I just fell in love with that moment. And, I, and I'd never really experienced that with adult actors that I'd worked with before. It was different. And, um, and it was pretty much at that moment that I decided I wanted to teach theater to kids. And then I went to San Francisco State, got my teaching credential, and here I am. All right, all right. Well, now, do you recall uh, your own moments on stage? Do you, did you get that feeling? Uh, you know, uh, that's transcendent experience. I did, and yeah. what was funny, you know, um, I think so many of us uh, stumble through life unconsciously in some ways, and I don't know that I really was consciously aware of the feeling I had. I knew I liked it, but I didn't reflect mm -hmm. much on it, what it meant to me as a person at the time. It was just like this tremendous feeling of acceptance, of belonging, of validation, and, and for kids... Mm -hmm. That's not always easy to come by. And there was this exciting moment of, you know, Sally Fields, they love me. They really love me. I don't know if people really know that quote. I had that feeling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, as you were growing up, were there any role models that, that stimulated your interest in, in either drama or teaching? You know, the two passions you've really committed to in your adult life? I think I have have had so many good role models that none of them really stand out. Um, I kind of think a role model does it, it is a role model 
because what they do is so effortless or seeming at least effortless and you mm-hmm. don't really in the time acknowledge what what you're seeing but but you're absorbing so much from them um i had excellent teachers growing up and i had really terrible teachers growing up and i learned um <laughs> just as much from one as i did from the other um mm-hmm. and it was it was fascinating to see where the inspiration kind of grabbed hold. I had a great theater teacher. I had some amazing um, English teachers. I think me moving into theater was probably um, the result of my seventh and eighth grade guitar teacher because she was the first person who really put us into public performance where I got that feeling. Um, But as far as Mm -hmm. one person who stood out, I'm not sure that there was. It was a tapestry. Right, right. Well, I think that does describe the reality for a lot of us. Um, you know, we've talked, we're talking a bit about your, your growing up years. Um, how would you describe your own growing up years, and, and where were they? Um, well, they were in Turlock, California, which is in the Central Valley, and during the time in the, in uh-huh. the 80s, um, it was a sleepy little town. I think it was only 11,000 at that time, and you rode your bike everywhere, and nobody locked their doors, and they left their keys in the car. It was that kind of community, a lot of space. To, to feel the freedom of childhood. So for that, I'm very grateful. Um, probably not, you know, all that unusual for, for teenagers. I had crippling anxiety. I had um, a fear of being rejected. Um, I, I had a fear of not fitting in or belonging. Um, so, so I think that, that what we call social-emotional well-being now, um, you know, wasn't really addressed all that much uh, until just recently. And I think I suffered from that. I suffered from perfectionism. You know, Brene Brown says mm-hmm. you uh, hustle for worthiness. I think I was constantly hustling for worthiness, and it was mm-hmm. exhausting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you you're obviously a successful and well-regarded teacher now. What what kind of a student were you then? Um. Well, I'm tempted to say average, <laughs> mediocre. <laughs> um, I won't. I won't mention my grade point average because I, I still got into UC Santa Barbara with it. Different times, of course, um, than than oh, they okay, are so now. It had, it had to be. It had to be good. Yeah, it was all right. My 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 SAT scores were super high, but I think the thing that got me into a UC was my balance. I was involved in so much, and I wrote such a good essay. Um, related to, to the many activities that I was engaged in, that I think the admissions board probably overlooked my GPA somewhat. Um, I was, you know, in theater in all the plays. Um, we went to state and water polo. I was on the cross-country team. I was in student leadership. I was in so many clubs and had my hands in so many things. Um, I didn't have so much time to devote to my studies and my academics. I I told myself I would get by. I wasn't, you know, I was a smart kid, but I needed to balance my many obligations and love. So, um, so mm-hmm. I didn't focus purely on academics. I focused on balancing, and I think that really served me quite well. Good point. Good point. So, obviously, you, you went off to college, then at uh, UC uh, Santa Barbara. And mm-hmm. at the time, was, was drama the draw or something else? I suffered from what? I think many kids who are um, interested in the arts suffer from, and that is that feeling that, ooh, I love the arts, but they're not a profession. They're not a career. And, and I went in thinking, like, I haven't found anything that 
fits my idea of career yet. And so I think I'll just apply for the theater major until I take all these general ed classes and something magically will appear and all of a sudden I'll be, you know, into economics or engineering or something like that. (laughs) And um, of course it didn't work out that way. I followed my passion. um, And and I absolutely had concerns about a career path with a theater, but um, I didn't let that dissuade me. And my parents were very supportive. Um, My dad was college educated. Um, My mom, not as much until later in life. But I think they knew that that theater gave me a spark and they were more interested in me finding my joyfulness rather than right. worrying about whether I was going to be able to support myself later in life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and if I uh, heard you correctly, you actually did go uh, off and after graduation you were working in theater. You were a stage manager uh, at one point, it, it sounds like. So you you were employed in your in I your was I was you know um for those in the theater world I, I got my equity card in stage management um in in a small theater not a huge theater but it was in Santa Barbara and um kind of cut my teeth there in professional theater uh, it working like I said earlier working with adult um actors was good but it, there wasn't the passion in it um that I had enjoyed in high school and in college so I wasn't certain. It certainly didn't pay well. I had to have a second job. I worked at the bank, a teller during the day, and a stage manager at night. And it was it was pretty long, long hours. Um, and I knew it was not sustainable. So, um, mm-hmm. so there was always kind of an eye for, okay, well, what's next? Right. You know, it's been a, a interesting getting a, you know, a nice quick summary of your early years. Can you, can you think of... Uh, you know, uh, looking a moment, looking back on it, that was sort of a watershed moment that really turned the corner for you. And 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 again, in hindsight, you can see that this really established a direction in your life, or was key to becoming the person you are now. I would say two. Um, the first one was how I was drawn into performing, and, and as I mentioned, it was my guitar class in seventh and eighth grade, and our teacher encouraged us encouraged us to both play guitar and if we would be willing to sing to the song and um it was my very first performance and i was terrified and it was finger picking and i had to sing at the same time and for those who know the song um leader of the band i forget who mm-hmm. performed it but it was, it was a classic back then. thank you yeah. and um and i performed that and there was a pause um between i think a verse and a chorus um and it appeared several times, and I would pause. I would kind of stop the pick, and I would stop the song. And the first time I paused, the entire little middle school audience stood on their feet and gave me a standing ovation. And I just quietly <laughs> shook my head no. And they sat back down, and then I continued the song. And every single pause, they stood up and gave me a standing ovation. And I kept shaking my head no. And at the very end of the song, I shook my head yes. And they just lit up. They all stood and hooted and hollered. And I had this big grin on my face. And it was such a wonderful moment. Um, Not just the applause, but the experience of having to say, not yet, not yet. (laughs) Because their enthusiasm was bubbling over so much. They wanted to express it. They wanted to show their gratitude for for my performance. And, And it was a magical moment for me. I'd say the second yeah. thing, which 
more lent me towards teaching. <clears throat> like I said, I didn't have any standout role models, but I did have some great teachers. And one thing that really stood out for me um, from those tapestry of teachers was my junior year English teacher, um, Mrs. Ross. And we were going to prom. And for some crazy reason from Turlock, California, we decided to rent a limo and drive to San Francisco for dinner and then come back and make prom. I don't know what we were thinking, but that's what we decided to do. So we got to San Francisco to the restaurant. We had told people about it. And there in the lobby was Mrs. Ross with a bouquet of flowers for each of us. And I thought, you drove all the way to San Francisco to deliver us this whole limo of kids flowers on prom night. And, you know, damned if I will not remember everything she taught me, but I will absolutely remember the moment that she made an extra effort to create a relationship with us to say she cared. She went out of her way, out of the classroom. And that was a special moment. And that really opened up for me the idea of what teaching not only could be, but what it should be. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, thank you, Mrs. Ross. Um, Yeah. So what? What was was Nevada Union High School your first full-time teaching job? It was not. I uh, taught in the Bay Area because I got my teaching credential at San Francisco State University, and, and I was recruited right out for a school, Menlo Atherton High School on the peninsula, and um, yeah. it was an English drama split. And I taught there for mm-hmm. six years, and, um, and I knew I didn't want to live in the Bay Area. I was a small-town kid. Um, the Bay Area was overwhelming to me. I never felt comfortable there. And... Um, for those in the education world, you knew these. We had these salary caps, years in service salary caps, and um, most of that of California was six years. So I knew if I waited any longer and transferred, I would lose years of service. So sixth year was the year for me to look elsewhere, and I looked all over um, the Western United States, from Colorado to Arizona um, to Utah and Idaho, and I had um, a couple of good friends. We were living in Grass Valley, and it just so happened both Bear River and Nevada Union were asking for theater teachers during that year. What are the odds? And I applied, mm-hmm. and I got hired at Bear River, and um, and I decided to take it. And so I landed here. Great. Well, uh, that's uh, a good thing for the community that you that you did, obviously. Um, Thank you. Uh, you're listening to The Sages Among Us on KVMR. I'm Brian Buckley, and we're talking tonight with Rob Metcalf the 2019 Nevada County Teacher of the Year, who leads the drama department at Nevada Union High School. Rob, let's focus for a bit on Nevada Union. What do you think is important for community members to know about Nevada Union High School? (laughs) That's such a great question. Nevada Union High School has such a strange relationship with the community. Um, I mean, if you're ever on Facebook... (laughs) You know, people either hate us or love us. Um, I can tell you this. uh, In all my 52 years on this earth, I've never met a group of people who have more heart. Do we make mistakes? Of course we do. Education is a moving target. We're constantly trying to find the best mode to instruct students. And it's always changing. Always. I'm amazed, particularly in in this... um, time with the complications with COVID, our administrators are working sometimes 12, 16-hour days just to stay ahead of all the requirements and the change in protocols. Um, 
it's amazing the times that I see emails being sent out. I'm like, are you kidding me? You sent that email out at two in the morning? Teachers want nothing more than um, for their students to be educated, um, happy, and healthy. And we strive for that. We strive for that even during times when we're not feeling all that happy and healthy. Um, Mm -hmm. This is a remarkable group of teachers and a remarkable staff, a remarkable administration and district who, like I said, despite the fact that some people may not always agree with the policies, they are absolutely doing the best they can um, with the information that they have. And I commend them. Um, Not an easy job during these times. Great. Uh, That's a good perspective. You know, uh, it seems to me also that you've been a uh, a leader in efforts to support arts education at Nevada Union. Um, tell us, tell us what some of the challenges have been and some of the uh, the solutions and and uh, you know what you're doing with arts education uh, in the district or at the school. Well, maybe there's a little bit of a history lesson um, to be to be started with in this answer. I've, I've been this my seventh year at NU and um, you know for those in the community who've been here for a long time NU used to be a, a large large school you know 3,000 people and um, declining enrollment and the community dynamics changing we're down to 1600 I felt that our high school used to be like a college um, there were so many elective offerings and so many different areas of interest that a student could find um, a passion to follow a, a reason to come to school for the joy um, where maybe some of their academic classes didn't provide that joy. They always had an outlet somewhere. As the population has diminished, um, electives have been cut. That's just the nature of, of declining enrollment. So um, we have, through all the electives teachers, have been really trying to form a coalition to educate both um, the powers that be as well as our community and, and, and our school community about the value of the electives and particularly the arts um, towards uh, someone's social emotional well-being and, and um, again Brene Brown has a great quote um, about fitting in versus belonging and I think the arts do a really good job addressing belonging um, fitting in as I'm sure you can imagine is how do I adjust, adapt, change, so that I can be part of the whole, right? And belonging Mm -hmm. takes no effort. You are authentically yourself, and through that, you find a family of people who accept you for who you are, and you have no need to adapt or adjust to um, Mm -hmm. the mainstream. And I think those kids who inherently just know, whether they consciously know it or not, the difference between those two always choose the belonging the better place to be mm-hmm. and the arts almost always provide that sense of belonging um mm-hmm. i see kids in the halls who are desperately trying on dozens of different hats in terms of their personality to find the group that ultimately is going to make them feel like they belong and they're they're grasping and those kids tend to fall through the cracks have more difficult relationships with students because they're not acting authentically. Um, electives give kids that creative freedom to be themselves and not feel alienated as a result. Right, right. So, uh, 
what were the uh, the efforts um, involved uh, that you were involved in to uh, support electives and you know support that opportunity for kids to find that sense of belonging? Well, um, not surprisingly, it's education, and it's not just educating the students. Um, it's educating district staff, um, admin, other teachers, um, people who don't have experience in the arts. You know, electives uh, can go one of two ways. Um, they can go towards the arts. They can possibly go towards sports. Um, we see a divergence in both of those ways. I was lucky enough to, to be good at both when I was a kid, so I saw the value in both of them. But let's say, for instance, the people who win sports, the arts are foreign to them. They don't know the value. And, and I think there is a tendency in our society, especially when it comes to education, that arts are this um, this pleasurable thing. They're not necessary. They're a little bit of fluff. Um, there's something kids do for fun, but there's no inherent um, value to it in terms of education. So I think we need to, our coalition has been attempting to really address the why we need the arts, why the arts are just as important, in my opinion, more important than math, um, we need to teach them what a student gets from the arts. Um, you know, we had a, an interesting conversation with a group of, of the powers that be about the, the arts and how we need to start advocating for them more and possibly creating an arts requirement more than what they have currently something that's more along the lines of math or English. English, they're required to take four years of English. They're required to take three years of math. For the arts, they're required to take one year of art, but that requirement could be fulfilled if they choose to take a foreign language or a career technical education class. So they can really graduate right. without ever having taken an art. So we're trying to build up the why it's a, of yeah. the value. It's a breadth, you know, a breadth and, requirement, not a arts requirement, Right. 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 And one of the powers yeah. to be, you know, plain devil's advocate says, well, my kid isn't an art kid. So why should you require them to take the art? And I just looked at them and said, well, my kid wasn't a math kid, but they were required to take three years of math. <laughs> you know, it really <laughs> is where do you place your value? And, and mm -hmm. we're trying to just realign um, the value from those uh, folks who possibly don't have the experience in the arts to know just how important they are. Well, you were involved in a, a major schedule change, bell schedule change, um, that was helpful in, in enabling students to take arts, weren't you? Absolutely, and it was hugely helpful. With our declining enrollment um, and with an added health class that the freshmen were required to take starting two or three years ago, our beginning um, elective numbers were cut in half at our school. And um, my program, despite its popularity, was cut in half. And I was looking at possibly not being a full-time teacher anymore, having to pick up some English classes. Um, the electives were looking dire at, at the time. And um, so we pushed for this 4 by 8 schedule. And, um, and being able to go to a 4 by 8 now students have much greater choice. My program is larger than it was when I entered 17 years ago. Um, and... I have a lot more kids, and they are laughing and having the time of their lives. And um, this 4 by 8 I think once we work out the kinks, which there are kinks, <laughs> we, uh, yeah. we are going to really be really thankful uh, uh, for this schedule. Great. You know, one of the things that uh, we'd like to do on the, the SAGE is, is to let people know if uh, there's anything in, in the discussion uh, of the night um, 
any cause or, or any issue, how they can get involved. Uh, does Nevada Union, um, can they use volunteers? Uh, can your program use volunteers? Or how can people get involved? Say they just support the arts and what you said about how important they are for kids resonates. Um, how can people get involved? I think support the performances. I mean, kids don't just do this to, to perform in class. They learn, they overcome their fears. Number one fear in the U.S. is fear of public speaking, you know, that performance aspect. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I I've always see this post that says, um, if you want these, and it shows the cast of Hamilton, you have to support these. And it shows a bunch of fifth graders in a school play. And it's uh-huh. true. If we want our, our arts and society to be vibrant, if we want our athletes and society to be vibrant, we have to support them when they're maybe not all that great because they have to develop. Mm-hmm. And without an audience, without people applauding them, like me and my seventh and eighth grade guitar performance, um, they won't choose to continue. These kids are looking for validation for what they do. And, um, and, and so I would say, you know, if you know there's a performance going on and we have so many performances at sporting events at NU, if you know there is one, go to it. You, you, it may not be Broadway, but go to it because those are our future Broadway stars and support them with, with your attendance. Um, and most of these programs rely on ticket sales for their funding. So, you know, your ticket sale doesn't go to the school. It goes directly to that program and allows them to continue to put on good quality performances that enrich our our community um, by enriching the students. Great. Yeah, good advice. You know, uh, there's not a lot of time, but I I wanted to uh, ask you about another uh, cause or or organization you've become involved with. You've... uh, started working with the Nevada County Arts Council and its Education Committee. What what motivates you to work outside the classroom in that way? Well, I'm about 10 years away from retirement, and um, I don't want to start, like, getting a little toe in the water of the adult pool. <laughs> so I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at how can I, you know, join the adult arts advocacy groups. Um, I advocate for my students with my students and with my colleagues every day, but I want to make sure that when I do retire – that um, arts are strong and vibrant in our community and particularly in our education system. So this is a way for me to start um, kind of contributing to that cause. And start. I, I've been so sequestered with kids. I, I just love the energy of kids. Um, I do very little with adults. <laughs> I think I need to start growing up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, I'm I'm sure that that energy you bring to uh, the Education Committee of the Arts Council uh, uh, helps there, too, as well. So uh, you. You know, with just a little bit of time left, um, uh, one question we ask many guests on The Sages Among Us is if you had a magic wand to wave over the community and uh, you could make a change, what would be that one change you would use that wand for? I, I would increase the, the graduation requirement for the arts and education. Um, I, I would okay. get arts in every classroom from kindergarten to 12th grade. It's so important. Great. Well, uh, Rob Metcalf, thank you so much for joining us on The Sages Among Us. I know you're a very busy guy, so it's uh, really nice that you took the time out to be with us tonight. Always a pleasure, Brian. All right. The purpose of this program is to inspire and invite people to participate in the betterment of their community. Discover how others are making a difference and how you, too, can be part of the positive in this region by tuning in to The Sages Among Us on Wednesday evenings at 6.30. 
You've been listening to The Sages Among Us on KVMR. I'm Brian Buckley, and thank you for joining us this past half hour, and thanks for all you do to make your part of the world a little bit better. Thank you.